Hello, and welcome to StoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. My name is Tara Tucker. Thank you so much for joining me today for the 34th episode of the Sounding the Light podcast. I'm very excited to have you today. Uh, If you have visited me before, welcome back. I am glad to have you. If this is your first experience with Sounding the Light, you're in for a treat. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I have a great guest. Uh, I'll be playing that interview in just a few short minutes. But before that, I wanted to tell you a little bit about some changes going on at my household. We just got a new addition to our family. No, not a human baby, (laughs) but a tiny ball of fur. His name is Mozart, and he is a baby kitty. And we've only had him for about a week now, but he has stolen my heart. He is a sweetie. But uh, if you know anything about cats, and, and baby cats especially, um... He is this little tiny ball of energy, loves to play, uh, but he also has extremely sharp claws and loves to, you know, sink them into things (laughs) as he is learning to pounce and to play and, you know, be be a scary little hunter cat. So anyway, we've been having uh, some fun and some scratches lately, but all in the family. It's great. Um, I have to share this story, though, (laughs) that happened the other night. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with baby cats or actually any cats, but for some reason, a little bit after the sun goes down, it's like the cat witching hour. They get hit with this spaz attack (laughs) and um, they go crazy. It's suddenly they're like things go bump in the night and they get jumpy and they're pouncing on everything and you know toes that move under the covers they just they can't handle it so well that was happening just a little bit to Mozart uh, just a couple nights ago and well <laughs> it happened to be the time that my husband he was having to go to sleep early that night because he was get, having to get up very early for work the next morning so we every night that we go to bed we turn on our overhead fan our ceiling fan you know just get some airflow well, we did that and, and he was getting all, you know, comfortable and settled in and about ready to go to sleep. I had left my lamp on so I could read a little bit before I went to sleep. And well, <laughs> since the light was on, the fan somehow caught Mozart's eye and I sw- he went crazy. I have never seen a cat go that insane over something before. That fan was going around and around and he couldn't handle it. (laughs) It just got, he, he went spastic. He was running across the bed and jumping on the floor and jumping up on my dresser trying to get to that fan. It was like this, this little tiny gray ball of fur just shooting across the bed. And my husband, as he's trying to sleep, And it hit my funny bone and I could not stop laughing. It was that kind of laughing where you're crying, you're laughing so hard. (laughs) He just wouldn't stop. Um, It was pretty hilarious. So because he couldn't handle it and he just wasn't able to calm down, I I had to put him outside of the room and shut the door pretty fast. And, And my husband did finally actually be able to go to sleep. But oh my goodness, that was so funny. And I love cats. They're such great entertainment. So, let me tell you about today's guest. 
Uh, I did an interview a couple days ago with a singer, songwriter, and worship leader, Kevin Embleton, who also goes by the band name of Future Mountain. He's got a couple of different projects going on, uh, one through his uh, Embleton band and then another through Future Mountain. Uh, I love his music. It's kind of a 70s rock vibe fused with a more contemporary alternative style. And the mixture of the two with uh, the subject matter that he writes makes for some really great songs. And it was really a good time talking to him. Um, He had some really good things to share. So I will play one of his most recent songs called Faithful One. And then we'll go directly into the interview. So once again, this is Faithful One by Kevin Embleton of Future Mountain. In the darkest night When I have fallen deep Into the mire I look up to Darkest night When I have fallen deep 
Kevin Embleton, welcome to Sounding the Light. I'm so glad to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We just heard one of your songs, which was Faithful One. And, uh, you know, if you don't mind, I would I would love to have you share a little bit about uh, where the inspiration for that came from. Yeah, I had uh, really been kind of going through um, some anxiety, some big life uh, changes, and... Um, I had been meditating on Psalm 23 quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know that's kind of one of those psalms that we we grow up hearing and learning if if we grew up in the church, which mm-hmm. I did. And so, you know, it was kind of I, I didn't really want to read that psalm because I'd read it so many times, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but um, I knew that it. In it, it had kind of these these um, truths that I needed to sink in, and so I decided that whenever I read, I was going to read that song to kind of just help deal with my anxiety and remind me, you know, that the Lord is my shepherd. Hmm. So um, I had I had a recording session coming up. I'd been working on the song for a while, and I just had nothing, and the session was coming up. So I finally just went to town on it for a few hours one night, and um, you know, what you hear is is what I came up with. And I realized as I reflected on the song, um, you know, in the months after we recorded it, that it was definitely a response to kind of reading Psalm 23 and just meditating on, you know, um, God's heart for me and His, you know, ability to be a good shepherd, a gentle shepherd, and, hmm. um, you know, His ability to protect me. And, um, yeah, so... That's sort of where the inspiration came from, uh, lyrically, for sure. That's beautiful. I like that. So how was the uh, how was the recording? Did you go to a studio for that? Did you do that at home? So the the majority of it I did in a studio, um, in, well, in two studios in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I have a buddy named Jeremy Steckel, and he... Um, he used to be in this kind of hardcore uh, Christian metal band called Wolves at the Gate. Um, they're they're a great band, mm-hmm. and but he um, kind of stopped doing that uh, a year or two ago to start his own studio, where I went to record it. And um, I also took along a buddy of mine, Nate Netty. Uh, we've been playing music together for a long time, and he played drums on the record. And so all three of us kind of produced that, and it was a great time. Awesome. So. Uh you just made a pretty big move, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Canton, Ohio to San Francisco, California. Wow. Pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, so what <laughs> brought you from, first of all, were you born in Ohio? No, I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> um, my Well, my dad's a pastor, and my parents were missionaries, so <laughs> I was born in Albuquerque, and and then we we moved to Ohio for a bit, and then we moved overseas uh, to Turkey for a long while, wow. and then came back and somehow ended up back in Ohio. So I don't really know why Ohio, but <laughs> that's where I ended up for like the last 10 years. Okay. Um, and uh, so then this move to San Francisco, you know, I did college, 
in Ohio. I met my wife, Jocelyn, in Ohio, and um, stayed there for a while. Um, and finally, we just kind of felt um, like there was something new for us. Mm-hmm. And so we moved to San Francisco, um, actually, to help start a church. Really? Yeah. So um, it's called uh, The Revelation Project, and um, we're just literally starting out. We've been here for about three weeks, and so um, getting a feel for the city and kind of just asking God, you know, where He wants to, where He wants us to do this thing. Wow, that's awesome. How exciting. Um, did you have a group of people that you were already going to meet with out in San Francisco, or are you just kind of, you know, building? Um, so there's also a lead visionary, um, kind of the lead pastor guy. He's he's from Ohio as well, mm-hmm. um, and so his family moved out just a few weeks before we did. But in general, right now, it's just kind of us and them. There are a few other people going to filter out from Ohio as well, you know, pretty soon. But, you know, right now, I guess our, our focus is just kind of meeting people and, um, you know, I guess seeing, seeing where, yeah, where God would have us out here. So so would you say that your growing up years with your parents being missionaries, did that help you to make this decision to step out in faith and, and make this move? You know, um, I I definitely think so. Uh, my dad grew up um, in the state of Delaware as kind of a um, chicken farmer, construction worker, and shortly after he got married in his 20s, he just just kind of felt like he needed to get out, and um, so he made the brave leap um, mm-hmm. to just go for it into ministry, and so growing up, I kind of had, you know, I saw a dad who was always in pursuit of his calling mm. and, and very passionate guy. Um, and so I think that for sure rubbed off on me. Um, I have really strong convictions about, you know, what I'm supposed to, what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And and um, so, yeah, I definitely think that kind of the, the go for it mentality came from my dad for sure. So you said that you had lived in Turkey for a little while. How old were you then? So we moved there um, in 96 when I was seven years old, um, and we were there until 2004. So a good chunk of my growing up life was, yeah. Yeah. Do you have uh, friends and stuff that you keep in touch with? There are a few, yeah, for sure. Um, And, you know, Facebook helps. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, you know, being back for 10 years, I don't, I still speak the language, but I don't speak it every day. So hmm. it, um, I'm getting rustier and rustier. So I think I just need <laughs> to take a trip back to kind of, um, kind of reunite with some old friends for sure pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. So in all, in the midst of all of that, how did you, uh, find out that, that music was like a, a passion and a love? <clears throat> my dad got me my first guitar when I was six and there's not much you can do with a guitar when you're six, um, but he taught me. He taught me a few chords, and you know, I, I guess it wasn't until my early teens um, that I really kind of felt um, felt like music was really, really my thing. And I remember we would all kind of get together, me and my dad and some other kind of missionary fellows, and we would play, you know, praise tunes. Mm-hmm. And I remember one specific time, as we were playing the song, I looked over at another guy 
was playing, and I just kind of saw that our hands were, you know, kind of doing the same rhythm. They were moving, you know, at the same time and doing the same thing, and I felt like this kind of communal experience mm-hmm. was so unique that we were creating this this music together, and and we were, you know, yeah, doing it at the same time. And I just, I remember thinking for some reason as a kid that that was, that was so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So that, that was one moment. Then I started writing songs when I was probably 11 or 12, uh-huh. uh, really bad songs, but um, songs. <laughs> Got to start last. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And I really enjoyed playing them for people. I, I just remember that every time I wrote one, I wanted to play it for, for my family or for anyone who was over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just, yeah, I guess ever since then I've been going for it. So you talked about, uh, you know, having grown up in church and everything, but is there a specific, um, you know, instance that you can think of where you were truly impacted by God, where he became a serious part of your life more so than he had been before? Definitely. Um, I don't know. I'm really lucky to have grown up in the home that I did. Um, but <clears throat> along with kind of being a pastor's kid comes this uh, pressure to do good mm-hmm. um, and this pressure to perform well. And um, that was a big part of my, my growing up life. And, you know, I know a lot of pastor's kids who sort of rebel mm-hmm. um, early on because they just don't want to deal with it. But for me, I kind of... Um, I actually kind of went the perfectionist route, you know, to kind of please my mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, even though I, I would say I was a Christian um, growing up, I had like an early sort of salvation moment where I felt like, you know, God's real, um, kind of ask him into my heart kind of thing. But but then as, as time went on and I sort of became a little bit more um, addicted, I guess, to this perfectionist mentality to perform well and to get the praise of my father, I think that I actually, you know, that ended up pushing me further and further away from God mm-hmm. because I sort of felt like he was this unattainable thing mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I could never live up. And it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until college where I was kind of finally, you know, autonomous. I was making my own decisions and, you know, and I, I made some bad decisions mm-hmm. in college, but I think because of those decisions, um, I ended up coming in contact with uh, a pastor in Canton who just kind of said, you know what, dude, Uh, if you want, I can meet with you weekly, and we can just kind of process where you're at and talk about some of the things you're going through. And it was kind of through him, uh, my mentor, his name is Jason Lance, that, that for the first time, I just sort of felt great. He just kind of he didn't expect me to do anything. He just mm-hmm. wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of through him, like through his grace for me, that I actually experienced Jesus for the first time. So um, so I, mean, I think because of that, like um, the church, the body has become so important to me because it's through oftentimes the body that we experience Jesus the most. And mm-hmm. uh, that was about five years ago mm-hmm. now. Um, and at that time I was in this band called a minor bird and we were like this semi-popular, you know, band in in college and, and we were writing, you know, good songs. You know, I was still throughout that time. I still wrote songs about God and I still actually led worship too. Um, 
but I sort of just felt like I lacked any experience with God that mm. was really, really unique. And, yeah. and so after college, that band broke up, and I took a few years to kind of figure it out. And so um, Oldies is actually just, you know, in the last year, um, I recorded um, a bunch of hymns to sort of actually raise the money to uh, record Faithful One and uh, the other worship song I have out called I Worship You. So. Mm-hmm. Those are those are all pretty recent uh, endeavors. I'd like to share one of your other songs from Oldies. I just love all the hymns that you have on there. They're just great. Uh, but oh, I really like the rendition of Holy, Holy, Holy that you have on there. Um, it's a beautiful hymn anyway, but you put this really nice kind of an alternative style to it. Um, how did you put those two together? Yeah, so I was, and this is funny, I was, I was going for... Um, there's this band um, called Washed Out, mm-hmm. and basically they, they, their style is called Chill Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it, it um, Chill Wave, I don't know, whatever you imagine when you hear that word, <laughs> it's probably what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was going for. I was going for this really vibey, ambient kind of feel um, for this holy, holy, holy rendition. Um, you know, but I will say that uh, when I listen to the final um, version, it almost reminds me a little bit more of Coldplay than it does <laughs> of mm-hmm. um, Washed Out, which is funny. So my best um, version of Washed Out is <laughs> sounds more like Coldplay. So that, <laughs> that's kind of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I love the style of this song, besides the fact that I just love the hymn. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, play that one now. Once again, this is Holy, Holy, Holy from the Oldies album by Kevin Embleton, which uh, your band name is also uh, Future Mountain. And we will talk about that as soon as we come back after this song.
So once again, that was Holy, Holy, Holy by Kevin Embleton. And Kevin, uh, you also go by your band name, which is Future Mountain, um, which I love that. It's a very cool name. Can you tell me where you came up with that name? Yeah. So um, on one end, like as an artist, I'm always kind of just searching and, you know, looking for concepts that or maybe not even concepts, but words that look and sound cool together. I know mm-hmm. that might sound a little weird, but... No, not at all. Make total sense. Yeah, I, I just sort of, sometimes even more than there being a meaning behind it, sometimes I just, um, it's like coming up with a, with a brand name or a business name, just something that really kind of grabs your attention and makes you think. And Yeah. Um, so, so usually that stuff just kind of comes to me. I can't sort of will it into existence. So after... Uh, months of thinking, well, what am I going to call, you know, this sort of worship project that I'm doing? Um, that one just kind of came to me randomly. And so normally what happens is I'll think of something and then I'll assign meaning to it later. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, um, the word mountain is often kind of um, used to symbolize nearness with God. Like when you go up to the mountain, mm. you're you're kind of closer to heaven. And so, yes. you know, Moses would go up to the mountain to be near God. Um, and um, I guess maybe the best way to sort of describe what I think of when I see Future Mountain is sort of um, another two words, like always becoming. Mm. Um, I, I think that as as time goes on, I just want to be closer and closer to God, and I just want to keep climbing and striving. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I guess I know that God um, pursues me probably a lot harder than I could pursue Him, but what I want my life to resemble is just a life that is continually reaching and climbing, you know, uh, to be closer to God. So um, that's kind of some meaning that I've assigned to it myself, but um, yeah. <laughs> that's great. I really like that. So you did Oldies and these two recent singles under the name Future Mountain, but you mm-hmm. have another album that you did before that under just your name of Kevin Embleton. Is that right? Yeah, I I, I go by Embleton. Um, okay. And yeah, so basically, um, you know, I've always kind of <clears throat> this creating music in the church has, is a little bit more of a recent endeavor for me. Um, I, I never thought that, um, I would, you know, be starting a church. I never thought that I would even actually be working for a church. Um, but as time went on, I sort of felt like, you know what, this is my part to give in the body. Like, Mm. um, I'm supposed to, um, create music that will both lift up the church and will be a prophetic kind of voice for the church. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that's like why I felt like, you know what, I need to have a project dedicated to <clears throat> creating music for the church. And so that's Future Mountain. But on the other side, um, I've always just kind of needed a place to sort of let out um, or just, I guess, create uh, music about the journey um, mm-hmm. that's a little bit less specific to the church, but more just maybe about me, um, about uh, stories that I hear or things that I'm going through. So um, that's actually been my main focus for the past couple years is is my work um, doing making music under Embleton. Um, uh, but so yeah, I kind of have two distinct projects 
Well, when I heard your future mountain stuff, and you know, I had to find out a little bit more about you just because of the very unique, um, very cool sound that they had. So, you know, I found your name, Kevin Embleton, and I went searching. Well, I got onto your Embleton site and discovered your album, which is called It Did Me Well. Totally fell in love with the style and the sound, the songs. They're very, uh, they're very much storytellers uh, songs, but in a very candid way, just sort of straightforward. And um, but but even with a little bit of humor thrown in, which I love, I I think about that song called uh, "Sad Songs and Waltzes." I would love for people who are listening in to actually go check that out at some point. But yeah, will you share about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I wish I wrote that song. That's a Willie Nelson tune. Are you kidding? Um, oh, I should know that. <laughs> my my husband's going to be embarrassed for me. <laughs> I heard you talking about Willie Nelson in an earlier interview you did, and I was so pumped because. Awesome. uh, You guys like Willie, so. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so honestly, um, that one, um, man, if I could take credit for that, I would. (laughs) But, um, you know, that Willie Nelson tune, that says it all actually about that record as a whole. That I decided to to throw that song in there kind of as um, a little bit last minute. And (laughs) I just felt that, you know, the record as a whole is kind of sad. it's kind of got this melancholy vibe to it that sort of talks about some of the low points in my life over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, sad songs don't really sell. I mean, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like when you turn on the radio, um, there's a lot of like high energy kind of stuff to pump you up and keep you going. And I just kind of felt like I had this record full of sad songs. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. when I when I really heard that Willie Nelson song, I just kind of felt like, you know what, that's... I have to put this record out. So even if no one buys it, I'm putting this record out. Um, and uh, yeah, sad songs and waltzes aren't selling this year. So that's uh, that's why that one made it onto the record. Awesome. Well, the title track of the CD, which is "It Did Me Well," um, will you share the story behind that? It's actually a story about a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, and um, just kind of about. I, I just kind of felt when I, when I learned, or as I saw him, I guess, struggling through his own story, I sort of wanted to, to tell that through Mm -hmm. song, um, because it, it just grabbed me so much. And, you know, it's a friend that means a lot to me. And so, but I felt like I, I could only really sing it if I was singing it in first person as Mm -hmm. if I was him. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of me telling the story of, of a friend of mine, but, but to be honest, that song, you know, it's the title track of the record. So that song is what really kicked off a lot of the vibes for that record for me. And, and it, that song probably means the most to me on the album because, um, just of, you know, because it's about a friend and and it, it sort of tells the story of the whole album, kind of what it means to leave and to struggle, um, and to um, find God in the midst of mm. it, to find love in the mm-hmm. midst of struggle, um, you know, that song kind of resembles that and and really felt like it would make a good theme for the album. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Um, Kevin, man, there is so much more I wanted to ask, but our time has come to an end, which, which is very sad. Thank you, though, so much for just being so open and, and sharing. Well, thanks for having me. I really, I guess... Uh, I've enjoyed our time together, and I, I enjoy telling telling my story because, um, you know, I, I think that 
what's that saying? What's most personal is most universal. So mm-hmm. um, as humans, you know, our unique experience kind of often translates to others. And, and that's, I don't know, that's, that's why music is so beautiful. That's why this story is so wonderful. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. It's been a joy being on your podcast. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kevin Embleton. If you would like to stay in touch with Kevin, you can uh, connect with him on Facebook through Embleton Music or uh, through his Future Mountain band name. Uh, Also, you can connect with him through embletonmusic.com. All of these links are right here on the podcast page. It makes it easy for you to just click and head over to where he's at. So I hope you do that. It's worth it. He's got some great stuff. Also, if you would like to stay in touch with the latest from SoundingTheLight.com, take a moment and click on our subscribe button. You will never miss an episode. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook. If you've not been able to listen to all of the interviews yet that we have on Sounding the Light currently take some time and go listen there is some great music great artists really good stories behind the songs so i encourage you to do that i hope you have a great day thank you once again for spending this time with me and i will see you back here again on soundingthelight.com god bless